Hey, what is going on, people? What is going on? We are back in business. Uh, back in business, definitely, definitely. Uh, this again, of course, this is Samar, your host. As it helps, I don't know what to call it when you're actually a person that runs the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> your podcaster? It's the host, bro. You the host. <laughs> Go old school. This is the host with the most. Now. <laughs> Uh, uh, what's going on though, everybody? It's been a while. Uh, we had some, we had a lot of stuff going on. Anybody follows me on Twitter kind of knows what's been going on. If you don't follow me, but you somehow hear this, you probably should be following me. You know, right. probably exactly. should be, but whatever. Okay, and, and follow. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You should be, but if you don't want, it's cool. Whatever. You don't have to, it's fine. But you should exactly. be. not cool, bro. <laughs> don't listen <laughs> to the pod and not follow. Don't, nah, you can listen to the pod and not follow. That's fine. That's however you you get this pod. If you subscribe to Wilson, anything uh, with Wilson or whatever, my mind on sports, fine. Cool. You don't have to follow me. Do listen to the pod, though, please. Uh, but yeah, this is the No Name Pod. I'm probably going to name the pod now because that's kind of, that was like last year's thing. <laughs> Not naming stuff. Um, I don't know what episode this is. I don't care. I'm just happy that we're back doing this. Uh, I got my man Mike here with me. What up, what up? We're going to jump right into this thing, Mike. Um, this episode, we're not really, it's March. Nobody, these storylines in basketball, nobody really cares about them. They're not intriguing. The race in the West and the East isn't really intriguing to me. Both conferences aren't, they're both, eh, you know, like, well, you got Warriors and, and uh, Golden State. <laughs> Warriors and Golden State. You got the Warriors and the Rockets. <laughs> after that like who really cares um so yeah we're not going to talk about any of those corny storylines mike i'm good with you. i want to ask you something that it's something that kind of frustrates me on twitter because I, I i feel like a lot of people don't realize exactly what's going on in the nba it, and it, it's i mean it's spilling over to other genres of, of genres other parts of basketball college so high school, AAU circuits, all that. Actually, it feels like it, like it kind of started in those circuits a little bit more and made its way to the NBA, but whatever, or vice versa. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe. I think you, you're on to something. <laughs> yeah, more, more AAU than, I guess, actual high school basketball. But, um, but yeah, so the game is, is – I mean, like, it's changing. It's evolving. It's not longer the game of the 80s, which are dominant big men. It's longer the game of the 90s, which are ISO basketball. Uh, well, <laughs> well, never mind. It kind of... It, it is and it isn't. Yeah. In, in some way, I think it's like a fusion, right? Like, yeah. You have some teams who are, you know, they are like the Cavaliers, that, that they, they revolve literally around one person. Yeah. And then you have, like... um the Warriors, who they have this uh, democratic offense, like everybody touches the ball and everybody gets a shot. Like I think, yeah. I think the the most interesting um, team in well, the most interesting team in the league to me is is the Rockets, right? Because like you have like fusions of both, where they have <clears throat> the the best isolation player in the league with. With James Harden and, and then in the NBA the, history, the yeah, 
<laughs> and then the, the second best guy in the league this year with Chris Paul, but yet they still play this, um, you know, this this style of uh, where they're having incredible spacing, and uh, you know they don't necessarily play with with too much pace because because they do have these two great isolation players, but like they'll kill you with uh, with pick and rolls and and moving the ball. Like it, it's 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 kind of wild like the way they've been able to make things work it, it fits it fits what this nba is i feel like because it takes advantage of it takes advantage of your two best players best skills right but it also blends in enough to make sure that your your other guys are still involved um, which is something i i don't know if we would have did that five years ago Right, mm-hmm. uh, and you you have to credit D'Antoni for that. I feel like because he could easily went stay with you know pushing the pace and and doing the things that he used that he used to do, and he's been able to adapt and play more of a not even really a traditional because it's not really tra- traditional. He's kind of innovating again. So, but yeah, um, but that's kind of the conversation I, I wanted to have today. It's it's more of what is basketball? And the Rockets are the team that actually sparked that conversation because, I mean, you'll, you'll see it, Twitter, Talking Heads, whatever. You'll hear people say stuff like the Rockets are born or the Rockets Who came in the playoffs. In 2018, dog. That is a very popular statement. Nah, it cannot. I was thinking about this the other day. I was, I was thinking back to uh, to 2015 when people were like, I hate watching James Harden play basketball. All he does is draw fouls. And I'm like, well, at that time, I'm like, you're tripping. And I, I, I don't know. I hadn't seen people still saying that, so I'm really surprised. That- There's some people that still say the Rockets are born. Um, and then you, you also hear people say the Rockets can't win in the playoffs with this style of play, which they're going to dust people. Yeah, like, <laughs> but but that I mean, it, it brings me to, to feel like most a lot of people don't understand how the NBA has played today, and and just how the game has changed so much. Just off of what we've seen five years ago, just in the last five years, from what basketball was five years ago to what it is today. And that's kind of where I want to start this conversation at. Um, I know that's kind of a broad thing, but like, do you have any like any thoughts on on where it was five years ago to where it is today? And uh, I just don't. <clears throat> I think uh, you know, trying to pinpoint like where exactly the game changed is hard because, like, I mean, you think five years ago that was twenty thirteen, right? Like, is it hard though? Five six. I mean, yeah, because like yeah. you have you have obviously like you have. The um the LeBron right Eric Spoelstra is saying that that they is where I feel like it started. They that that positionality is dead, right? Like that that's not a thing anymore. But at the same time, like you can go back to um to 2000, 2005, mm-hmm. 2006, um, 2007, 2008, those Suns years, right? Where you have Steve Nash running around in circles. <clears throat> dribbling around fools and um addition to uh Amari and, and Sean Marion and Boris Diaw. Like Boris Diaw was really people don't know, like he came into the league as a point guard and ended up playing uh 
you know, uh, uh, becoming a power forward and, and was still playing like um, essentially Kyle Anderson's role in San Antonio now for those sons, right? And like, it was, um, you know, you, you can look back to that or you can, I mean, you can even go back to like some of those um, Larry Bird Celtics teams were like, like it, it wasn't, like positionality was definitely a thing at that point. But I think you had um, players who kind of transcended that with, um, you know, with Larry Bird, right? Like he, he could score, he could shoot, um, he could pass the ball, he could rebound. Um, same, I mean, same with Magic Johnson, honestly. Yeah. Like you, had, well, you had those dudes doing all that. Then, I mean, you could trace it back a little even further with, like you got Rick Barry. Who was kind of your first of that style, um, or even a little further, like Jerry West was somebody who also you could he could rebound, he could shoot, he could pass, he could do pretty much everything on the court. Mm-hmm. But when I when I mean how much it like when I say like just the last five years and my credit to the Heat, I just mean in the in the strength that if this you take the Suns out of it, because yeah, I, I get what you're saying and. I do agree with you that they changed a lot in the NBA. But the NBA is also a it's a copycat league to the point where if if you're the team that wins the championship, now that's you know what I mean that's where that's where that that big explosion comes from. I'm not saying that teams weren't trying to emulate a lot of what D'Antoni was doing with that with those uh, seven or seconds or less sons and even that last year uh with well, it wasn't even him. It was uh, Gentry that last year when they played the Lakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were even – they were less of a – they weren't really a actual seven seconds or less team. It was more of a – they still played with some pace, but it was more of – it was kind of resembled a lot of what actually goes on today too. But even still, like I still – I feel like the Heat have a little bit more credit only because they won that championship. And once you win that championship, teams tend to – teams tend to copy what the champions do. That's totally fair. Or at least they try to. Um, nobody can really copy <laughs> what, you know, that Heat team did because they had LeBron. But, you know, there's only one of those. Whatever. Yeah. Are we sure? Are we sure Ben Simmons is not? No, no, let's not do that. Let me stop. I don't want people to tell me Ben can't shoot and then I have a whole argument. Um, but that's later on. We'll talk. Later about shooting. Um, but, no, um, but yeah, that that whole just the transformation of the league. Sorry. So so okay. So we have those heat teams, right? And you have um, like at that point, right? You had uh, Spocher saying, "All right, we are going to put Braun at the four, let him guard the three on defense." And put Boss at the five, right? And and I feel like Boss was. Um, did you did you did you get a chance to watch any of the um, the Sloan uh, the Sloan conference? This year? I have not yet. I'm going to. I just haven't had the time. So I um I took a few minutes because um, I didn't get to watch much of it, but I I took some time and watched a um a panel with uh. Um, who was on it? Zach Lowe, Daryl Morey, Jalen Rose, and uh, Nick Wright from uh, Fox Sports. 
Um, and they were talking about they were they were actually kind of having this conversation about um, what the the difference. Well, not even this conversation, but I think it they kind of fall into the same um, the same category. Like I think we're on the same uh, paths here. Like they were talking about um, the difference between measuring the game analytically and knowing the game and, and watching the game and um, being able to uh, measure it that way and, and how to combine those two things, right? And and one of the things that um, that Daryl Morey was talking about in particular, um, it was funny because uh, Chris Bosh was actually sitting right there in the audience. And Morey, um, you know, one of the points that he made was that uh, when in, uh, in 20... 14 when um the heat broke up right you, you remember that the rockets really pushed hard to um to try to get chris bosh on their team with uh with james harden and dwight howard and maury said the reason for that was because they knew that um that the uh, like boss was a really unique player right like he he never as as a member of the Heat, he never had huge numbers, right? Like I don't think he scored more than um than nineteen to twenty points a game when in those LeBron years. Right. He was always uh, um the third wheel, but Maury said he knew like he played maybe the most important role on that team um as the linchpin for their defense, right? Because, like he was kind of the um he was like a white blood cell, basically, right? Like he could run at any problem and and get it out of there, right? He could he could go and guard a point guard for a few seconds, run back to the rim, and uh, defend a shot at the rim, right? And like he was nimble enough to do that, and also strong enough to um, to hold bigger defenders off. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of where I really see that that's that's a really long roundabout way of me saying like that's kind of where I really see the um the evolution of the game uh really starting right like that if if we are going to go with the heat which i think is correct like i think it honest like a lot of people will look at the um the offensive end of things and say like oh there's more shooting now um you know there's more more skilled players on offense but like i th- i personally think that um the biggest difference uh especially for the best teams is that they have these nimble defenders who um you know who know how to guard the perimeter and also guard the rim and in turn they end up knowing how to those are also players who know how to play the perimeter on offense and and that kind of that warped the game like that was that was it for me yeah yeah that more than i I mean i agree with you 100 more than anything the biggest difference between a couple of years ago and today is, the, I mean, it's the bigs. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like shooting is, is shooting is shooting. Shooting has always, there's always been shooting in the league. I mean, now it's, you know, teams are shooting more threes than ever. Bigs are shooting threes, blah, 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 whatever. But you have now, to be a big in this league now, you have to be able to move your feet. Yeah. And if you can't move your feet, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's much, I don't know if there's a lane for you today. I mean, I guess there. I mean, you you have your 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 teams that have guys that can't. Um, Denver, 
I don't know how much uh, Joker can, you know, I don't think he's, he's. <sighs> I struggle with him a lot too. I, I do too. <laughs> That's why I'm like, cause I'm, he, he can't move his feet well. You know, I don't think he'll ever be that guy that can do that, but he's so good on offense that it's like, right. How much of that. It's like, know? it's like uh, having like, um, like Kyrie Irving as a big man, right? Like, not in the sense that, like, he scores a lot of points and is, is like, a, a walking bucket, but, like, you can get him to the point where he's functional enough on defense. Yeah. That, like, if if he can be at that level, um, that below average or average level on any given game, like, you, you will take that because his offense, what he does for their offense is so great. Yeah, like, you can – it's to the point where like you can scheme around you can scheme around him defensively to to not so much hide him because I don't even think you can hide players anymore. Well you can you especially can't hide big man. But you can help. You know what I mean? Like you can you can kind of scheme to help players. Or help hide their deficiencies defensively. Yeah. I, I honestly wonder, um and this might be a little bit too granular, but I, I honestly wonder like with Denver um, what that looks like for Jokic, because I mean they still suck on defense. I know, yeah, because and and it's like they got Paul Millsap to try to cover that up, but Paul Millsap's not the dude to do that. Like, yeah, like you would need like a like a locked in Anthony Davis or yeah, or like um, I mean like just Tyson Chandler, yeah, or something like that. You know, well I was saying him because you know. No, yeah. no, I, I can work. Let's cover everything on Earth, so right. <laughs> kind of like yeah. if you can lock him in, it's like all right. Well, well, that clears up everything else. You <laughs> <laughs> can go home, but no. Um, but yeah, like like that's the biggest change, though. It's it's your bigs more than any other part of you know the rise of the point guard. Sure, whatever you want to say that. Say point guards are more skilled now than they were then. I will agree 100% with you, but more than anything, it's just this the change, the shift in your big men. Big men that were dominant 20 years ago may or may not, excuse me, may or may not be able to play in this league now. Yeah, like a lot of them, a lot of them, and and a lot of a lot of people are going to take what you just said as a knock on. um, I don't care, big man. But like the, the thing is, like you gotta. The big men today, like they had the opportunity to prepare for what the league is now, right? Like, yeah, they were coached to do that, you know. And oh, it's it's just different. Like that—that's yeah. another thing. Just like you were just saying, man. Like I, don't, I honestly don't know if we were recording at that point, but like the the AAU system, dude. Like high school ball. Like this is it's different. Is. Yeah, it's different basketball. Basketball in high school is a year-round thing now. Mm-hmm. I played I played high school basketball a little over ten years ago now, right? Mm-hmm. I was good. I was just like really, really good. Humble brag. A kid today that was that's really, really good is is two times, two to three times more skilled than me. It's just it's just the evolution of the game. They I didn't get it. Like there's no there was no year-round basketball. There's you can legit play year round today, right? I mean, they encourage that. Yeah, 
you know. Kids are kids are making a decision in eighth grade if they're going to do basketball, or football, if they're going to do basketball, track, or best whatever sport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's a legit thing that happens today. So yes, people are going to be. It's going to be a kid in ten years that's more skilled than maybe not 10, 15 years that's more skilled. Maybe LeBron's son. Like, it's going to be somebody that's more skilled than LeBron. Oh, wow, man. Listen. So wow. I've like seen, next... seen, seen the tapes. <laughs> hey, I, I too, man. He's good. <laughs> Hello, boy. He looks amazing. He's good. But, like, I, I honestly, I, I get so scared with that kind of stuff, though, because he is so young. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm only, I'm partially joking about that part, but it, but there is going to be a kid in 15 years that is way more skilled than LeBron was. This would be like a LeBron-Steph Curry hybrid at some point. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing, like, there's nothing we could do about it. And, like, at that point, like, that player will then be more skilled than, uh, than LeBron or yeah. Steph Curry. Just, like, it's, in the same way that, like, LeBron is more skilled than Jordan. I was just going to say that. It's the, it's the LeBron versus Jordan argument. Right. You right. say people can say what they want. LeBron is a way more skilled basketball player today. And it may only be just because of the era LeBron grew up in. It may just be only because Jordan was there to create a path for LeBron to do what LeBron did. But that's a and that's fine. That's fine. But we can acknowledge both of those things and it doesn't have to be a LeBron sucks. Jordan would kill him. Jordan Jordan sucks. LeBron that, No, no. Right. It's it's not that. Same way that before Jordan it was David Thompson, the same way before David Thompson, it was Elgin Baylor. Everybody creates a path for everybody else. It's exactly. it's fine. Exactly. And that's not to say that like you know, whichever whoever you think is the greatest player of all time, it's not the greatest player of all time. Like I instead of comparing the players' skills, like you have to compare their career arcs. Yeah. In my opinion. And even then, like it's skewed because like you could look at going back to LeBron and um, and Jordan example. Like Jordan's East was weaker than the East of two years ago, right? Like it, yeah. it's much weaker than LeBron's East, but he was eating it alive every year. And uh, awesome. you know, it's that is what it is. And and you can say like you play who you play, but the same like that the, these are facts right like and, and a lot of the same goes for uh, a lot of magic johnson's lakers too like it wasn't a lot of competition yeah you know every and, um, good i was gonna say every one of these great like these all-time great teams almost every one of them is circumstance every last one of them got caught lucky breaks every last one of these great dynasty even like these warriors caught breaks yeah for sure yeah. They had amazing health. Amazing health. The fact that none of their their best three players, before KD got there, none of their best three players got seriously injured. Like even when, when uh, Steph got hurt in the playoffs two years ago, it was it was a, a bad injury, but it wasn't a, you know, he could have been knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah, like none of these guys have torn the ACL. They, none of them, you know, no serious, serious injury. Like imagine what the um... – the Thunder could have been, dude. Like, yeah, we might not even care about the Warriors if uh, yeah. if Kevin Durant, if Russell Westbrook don't tear his meniscus, if uh, if Kevin Durant doesn't break his foot, like, yeah, it's all even... circumstantial, all of it, all of it. So, 
for me, the, the, like these conversations always annoy me, but <laughs> we kind of went on a tangent. Um, so like to, to bring it back though, to the original, to the, just the, the couple years topic that even look at the way, the way we even evaluate draft picks and young players over the last five years is so different. Some of it, I feel like we're doing wrong. And, it, and this is going to bring us to our next, to my next point a little bit. Um, but you look at a young, the way we look at young players, I feel like is completely wrong today. What do you mean? Just in the, in the strength that we'll take, you instead of taking what they can do You've been in and trying to build on the things that the weakness. Yeah. Like we don't build <laughs> on those things. We're just like, and it's, I, I'm not going to go on a rant about Ben Simmons. I promise. I promise. I've, I've done it enough on Twitter. I'm not talking about this. I'm going to rant about Ben Simmons there. One of us is doing this. Right? <laughs> I mean, if you do it, I'm going to jump in. But I'm not even just – like, it's not even just Ben Simmons because, like, you get young, good players. Like, like even, like, a Josh Jackson. Like, oh, a guy who over the last, what, month and a half to two months, he's really been playing good. But coming out of college, it was what he couldn't do. Instead of looking at the things that he could do and looking at the things that he could improve on, um, right? We just, I just, if there's something structurally wrong, that's something completely different. And like, if you want to, even like, so to bring it to Ben, if you want to bring up the conversation and say, "Hey, I think he's shooting with the wrong hand," fine. That's something that may be structurally wrong, but that's something that can also be changed. We don't look at it like you brought up a really good point before the podcast, and I'm not going to steal your point, so I'm going to let you bring up your point. I don't remember what my point was, so please. Um, it was about um, uh, what player was that? Um, Portland. Um, 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 um Evan Turner. Hmm? No, 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 no. Uh, I'll say Amina. Yes, Amina. About him being a guy who could defend but couldn't shoot. Now he's a decent shooter. Oh no! See, I I, I brought up um, and Bob. Oh, okay, it was I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same thing though. Like you could say this: Aminu wasn't a shooter, right? Like he, New Orleans drafted him. He probably was on the path to be, um, you know, a, a wing defending. Three. Now is playing kind of a hybrid spot in uh in Portland as a as a wing defender or a, um a small ball four who can who can shoot and defend. But it took him years to get to that point, and it also <clears throat> it also um took him bouncing from uh team to team to get there. Right, and that that's another thing that I think uh you know, we kind of lose sight of is just the um, the patience that is required, right? Because, like, you have – so, okay, let me pull him up. Okay, so he started he started his career in um, in L.A. with the Clippers, right, which I totally forgot because um, it was so long ago in uh, 2010. Went to New Orleans, got, got traded to New Orleans in that um, – in the, uh, the Chris Paul deal. Right and plays there doesn't do much. Goes to Dallas also doesn't do much. Doesn't only starts uh, three games that year, and then Portland gives him all this money, right? And people are like, 
yo, what are y'all doing? Because to that point, I think he only shot, um, let me see, let me put, okay, he only shot 28% from three, 43% from the field in that point, to that point. Um, and then Portland comes along and gives him this, uh, this long-term money, right? Because what they saw from him in Dallas was a dude who had potential to be uh, um, a 24-year-old, by the way, who had potential to become, like his form wasn't broken enough for it to be uh, completely shot. So they knew like he could become a shooter. And he was already a good defender, right? And he has positional ver uh, versatility, can play the three or the four. And... Um, you know, good could end up being a good player now. Like you can argue that maybe Portland is paying the dude too much because like he's a solid player. But um, let me see, where's his contract at? He uh, well, no, okay, so his contract isn't even that much. So he he signed for thirty million, thirty million in uh in twenty fifteen, which at the time was like eh, like people were because at the at that time you got to think like the cap was still. 80. Projected to be going up, yeah. Yeah, it was projected to be going up, and and so, like now you have him. This year he's making seven point three. Next year he'll make six point nine. Oh, that's love. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good deal for this dude. Yeah, that is that's love. That's a good deal. Um, but yeah, like it, it just it goes to I think it, it speaks on a few things. It speaks on player development which is the biggest thing. And I do think Portland does a fairly decent job with that. I mean, they, like every organization, they have their misses. Um, right. They have hit on a few guys really big. Dane being one, of course, CJ uh, being there, probably their, their most famous too. But even like, so now him. Um, and I mean, I'm a, everybody, anybody that listens to this podcast, you automatically know I'm a Sixers fan. Um, and that's a team that's done, I feel like, one of the better jobs in the league with player development, right? Mm -hmm. You just look at some of the second-round picks that have turned out. You look at even, in, like, MB, like, just how much better he's gotten. It's hard to really say because we didn't see him for two and a half. Excuse me, we haven't seen him for, what, two, two and a half, three years or so? Right. So it's it's hard to really judge the fact uh, how much he, he's grown as a player, um. But he has. I mean, even from last year to this year, I feel like he's a much better player this year. Um. But yeah, like it's it's just it's a lot that we don't do well. As in, in terms of the value of weight and young players, talking about young players and player development. Um. Because even, I mean, for every, I'm trying to think of a case where it didn't happen for a player. For every Paul George, there's a, who's a 6'9", six, 6'8", six, super athletic player that never developed into. Uh, Anthony Randolph. Yeah, there's an Anthony Randolph. There's a Gerald Green. There's a. I mean, Gerald Green ended up being a solid contributor for certain teams, but like, you know what I mean? Right. Um, there's a, whoever, there's, for every Kawhi, there's a, whoever. Oh, um, Rockets won again. Huh? Rockets won again, 17 in a row. Crazy. Oh. 
you know, 34 and 1 now, I think, when all three guys play. So, That's wild. Yeah. But um, speaking of Rockets, this brings us to another question. Twitter is going to – anybody that's listening to this is going to kill me for this one, but is shooting <laughs> overrated? Uh, I think I think it is. Um, not be, not the in yeah, overrated does not mean uh-huh. the, the thing is like because cause like people overrated is obviously like a pejorative term, right? Like it's not positive. So like people automatically assume that when you say something is overrated, that means it's bad. But like that's not what I mean. Like shooting, you obviously need shooting to function. In um, in today's NBA, but like you don't, a player does not need to be able to shoot to be a good player, right? Like, for for example, I I mean it it's too easy to go back to Ben Simmons, but like Ben is Ben can't shoot for anything, right? Like he's not shooting in the game. Like we see him hit hit <clears throat> we see him hitting practice shots, but those aren't game shots. And teams aren't going to guard him like he can shoot. But at the same time, Ben is 6'10". So if you play off him, he's going to run by you. You play, uh, you, you play up on him, you probably have a better chance of defending him just because at that point, like he, you're not allowing him to see the entire floor and you're forcing him to, to make a play. Like You can at least dictate where he's going defensively and where his play is going, his next play is going to be. Like, it makes him more predictable, right? But, like, he's such a dangerous player despite not being able to shoot the ball because he's able, he's still able to dribble the ball. He's, he's an elite ball handler, can, can pass the ball really well, can rebound the ball really well, scores inside the paint, right? Like, you don't have to be – he, he doesn't need a jump shot to function. Same thing goes for, uh, for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, He's too tall. <laughs> like you can't keep him out of the paint. You're not going to be able to. Um, you know, going away from superstars, you have uh, Andre Roberson. Um, can't shoot air balls, free throws, right? But is one of the best two or three defenders in the league. Without him, the Thunder's defense craters. Yeah, I was gonna say that like this year showed how important he is. Because the minute he got hurt, the minute he got hurt, they sucked. And 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 then you see you have people asking like, why do they play this dude? Like, what is his purpose? But now we see like he defends and he covers a lot of of mistakes for the Thunder. You know, and and that's not even a um, you know, that's not a dude who uh. That's not a star, right? That's just a that's just a role player, right? Who um who fits in with uh, alongside uh, Russell Westbrook and them. But like you need players like that though. They're not always going to be shooters. So I think um you know it it is important to be able to shoot the ball. But at the same time, like a lot of players have a lot of redeemable skills that that you can use to to win basketball games. Yeah, and. Uh, so I feel like a smart coach can make it work as well with a, with a player that can't shoot as well. A smart coach and the player has to have a high basketball IQ because there are ways of, uh, to attack a team that is going to play off you. 
Um, especially, I mean, I mean, it's for guards. Because um, when you're talking about like a Giannis or, or Ben Simmons or the, like your bigger guys that play on the wing that can't shoot, like there's playing off them is the dumbest thing you could do. Um, <laughs> you leave Giannis or Ben alone. It's just that. It's just that smart, man. Yeah. Like for Giannis, like I don't think Giannis. Giannis is not the passer that Ben Simmons is, but he like you're not. He's so strong that you you're giving him enough time to build momentum. Yeah. And get to the rack. He he'll spin off you or just put the put the ball in the hoop around you, like one or the yeah. other. And the other thing too is both of those guys that we named, they're both really smart players. Mm-hmm. So they'll both, if you play too far off them, or even if you you leave them completely alone, they're gonna find an open spot. Right. They're gonna find that they're gonna wait and cut at the right time, or you know, and it's and that's crazy. what I mean by by uh, when you're a smart player, like having a high basketball IQ. Because even like guards will do the same thing. You'll you'll get a guard. Rondo used to be really good at that. Dude, Rondo was so good at just manipulating that space, like. He yeah. he kind of did what what Ben does, despite being um, six feet or whatever. Like he he would get the pick, let you go under, and then take a really long stride. Yeah, you know, and get to a spot where he knew like either this pass is available, or I'll be able to dribble to the next area and find somebody. Yeah, and, and if I, shoot it. yeah, and if I'm off the ball. And you're playing too far off me, and you you may you not paying attention. I'm gonna cut okay. and get an open layup, or I'm gonna cut get I'll get the ball. Now this guy has to come over, and now Ray Allen's open in the corner, or Perk is right here for this dunk, or you know what I mean? Right. So <sighs> something that um that Giannis does that I really love is um you know when when somebody backs off of him. He uh, he, when he's a ball handler, like he'll get he'll go into a dribble handoff, right, and and create basically a pick and roll where now he just got the guard switched on him because you played all so far, and nobody wants that mismatch, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, nobody wants that mismatch. It's it's ways around it if you can't shoot. Um, now it's not ideal, of course. You you want to because it, it kind of hinders everything that you can do, right? As a coach. You don't want like a a, a Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Well, he, not, to, not mean, to say that he's not not a good player, but like he's not a good well, player. Well, I think <laughs> he's he's serviceable. I'm sorry, I'm thinking you said Michael Carter Williams. That was my fault. Yeah, Michael Carter Williams not good, but yeah. but like um with uh MKG like. If you put him on the right team, like if you put him in Roberson's role, right? Like he's probably solid. You know what I mean? Like he he got a little mid-range jumper or whatever. That's that looks terrible. But you could also play I I feel like he could play the um he could guard two threes, one two, one through four, probably. Maybe sometimes five. Um and he can all, he also runs really hard in transition, which is great. And he knows how to cut. So like I think on the right team with the right pieces around him, that's that's still a really good player. Like you said, that's that's coaching. Yeah. Yeah, you have 
but uh, how many actual good NBA coaches do you have? Like coaches that are that actually make a big difference. Here's my thing: like there are probably there are probably five coaches in the league, five or six coaches that that I make a like real difference. That that make a real impact on on the game, and the rest of them I think are just good. Okay. No, I think they're good. Like I think those coaches yeah. are good. Good and okay are. It's pretty much the same thing. thing. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I think, and there are some. There are some that are terrible. Like there are some terrible coaches. Like when it's uh, not as many when Bauer and Scott. Yeah, they aren't as many today. I don't think. Yeah, there's not as many as there were. Yeah, because there were some really bad coaches. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think like uh, you know, like Pop Stevens. Um, Spocia, who in my opinion is the best. Um, I think I'm with you on that. I used to say, I was saying, me and you arguing about that, and I always said Pop. I, I think I'm on Spo. Spo is Spo is crazy. Spo's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. Crazy. Like I, I, every year after after the Heat, uh, after LeBron left, I'm like, I don't know how he makes this team work, but it works. They can't properly rebuild. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's too good. <laughs> Like, I feel like you could put – if Spo was coaching the Kings, like, they probably are a 30-win team. Dude, if they had got um, Gordon Hayward, I would be really interested in seeing what that team does this year. Yeah. Oh, they're going to get somebody. They'll get somebody in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, they're capped out, but they'll get somebody. I, feel uh, I don't think that matters, but – no, nah, I mean they could easily swing a trade or um, yeah, you know, somebody be interested in, and they'll open it up. Well, yeah, because I mean, if I'm superstar player A and I tell my team I'm leaving, and I say I'm, you know, and I want to go to Miami, you're gonna work out a sign and trade. You're not gonna just let me go for nothing, right? So they'll end up getting like Anthony Davis or something weird, and we'll just be like, oh, okay. That that would be sick. <laughs> They'll trade like Y side and uh, whatever else to make it work. <laughs> shout out to the song Y side, man. <laughs> you can shout him out; it's fine. <laughs> but no, um, oh yeah, Spo and the other two are probably Kerr, I guess. Yeah, Kerr and um, D'Antoni. Yeah, to me, um, and uh, I'm gonna throw Brett Brown in there, but you don't have to if you don't want to. That's fine. Brett Brown's great. Brett Brown's great. I'm a I'm a big believer in Brett Brown. Um, I might even put Quinn Snyder in there too. Oh yeah, Quinn is really good. Um, and uh, it's one more. Uh, good coaches. Even though I don't like Rick Carlisle, I probably will include him just off of respect. Uh, All right, I'm not a good. Uh, That's fine. Nah, Rick Collins is a good coach. He's a good I guy. just, I don't know. Rick Collins is a he. He's really falling off to me. Like, I don't know. I feel I, like if you give Spoelstra that same roster, that team is a lot better. Well, I think Spo is also a little bit better at, at connecting with younger players than Rick Carlisle is. Oh, he definitely is. How many point um, guards is uh, Rick Carlisle um, destroyed? Uh, almost all of them. Aside from uh, J.J. Barrett. 
<laughs> that's the thing. Like, he, I mean, if you give Rick Collar a veteran team, he'll get the most out of them, right? Yeah. If you give him a young team, and he's not really, he's not moving them. Yeah. So, yeah, and he's on a rebuilding team, so you know, that feels yeah. like a, a, you know, a good place for him, I guess. But, but yeah, that that kind of, I mean, that conversation kind of, that pretty much put everything in the perspective for that conversation. There was one more conversation I wanted to have with you. Um, this one is is kind of a tricky one. Uh, we we kind of touched on it a little bit with the cap spike uh, a couple of years ago. All right, you had that two-year period where the spending got out of control, especially, what was that, summer of 16? Mm-hmm. Where, where spending was just crazy. Um, and now we're, we're seeing the downside of that because the cap flattened out and the cap's not really moving up the way it's projected to move up those couple of years ago. You have some contracts that were signed that summer that in today's NBA look like horrible contracts, even though the, some of these players are some of these players are useful players, but now they're perceived as bad players because of their contracts. Um, so I just wanted to see if you could maybe think of maybe two or three players that fit that criteria. Oh, yeah, immediately, literally. This uh, uh, Yamahimi, um, Evan Turner. Mm. Um, let me see. Let me go through some rosters. Let me try to remember some deals. Um, who? Uh, oh, um, Mozgov is another one. Um, I don't think he's a terrible player. I think he's better than uh, better than a lot of people think. But he just is useless on uh on the net. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but then too, like he he wasn't good in his last year with the Cavs, so I could be totally wrong on that. But uh yeah, I mean a lot of those deals are just terrible deals now. Uh Tyler Johnson's another one. Yeah, yeah. Um he's a he's a pretty serviceable player. Um yeah, but he gets paid a lot of money. Alan Crab is another. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, any other... If they were paid what their market value would be today... They'd be fine. Especially on, on the teams that we're saying, like the Nets. Alan Crab is on the Nets. Alan Crab would have been a guy during the trade deadline that probably would have been moved for a second-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Mozgov because, like you said, I mean, he was bad in that last year in Cleveland. Yeah, that's totally um, but uh, like all these, everybody we just named, Evan Turner, if if uh, Portland wanted to move him, um, you know, all these guys potentially uh, are serviceable guys that because of the way, because of the cap situation, they're unmovable now. They're and they're looked at as as they're looked at as bad players for taking money, basically. Right, which is that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, like it's like the dumb. Like if you if you were, let's say you're just an average employee and your job just came to you and was like, "Hey, I want to give you 
five more dollars per hour or 10 more dollars per hour. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to pay you executive money. You're not going to be like, nah, I don't deserve that money. I'm, I'm good. Right. You're going to take that money. You're, you're going to take it and be happy while still being an average employee. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not your fault the company was stupid. And so it's not these players' faults that the league was that the league, the league was, was stupid. Too eager. The league was stupid that summer. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. That the league was stupid. The players association kind of messed it up a little bit. The owners kind of messed, messed it up a lot. Like, but you can never blame the player for getting paid. Yeah, that's not. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Like. <laughs> Anybody blaming a player need to look themselves in the mirror. <laughs> Honestly, like, there's no way that you could blame. You can't blame somebody for taking for for choosing a better livelihood. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. I mean, that was a quick one out because like that one's just self-explanatory. Um. Before I let you go, I need like a. I don't want to say a prediction because I hate predictions, but like. Just something that you think is gonna happen this last three months to the NBA season, or um, it could even be like draft related. I don't care what it is. Just give me something. Who's the best player? Who do you think is the best player in the draft? It, I don't care what it is. Yo, so okay, so I, you probably have thoughts on this. Well, maybe not because the Sixers are good again. But um, DeAndre Aiden, though, like he's great. He might be he might be a great player. Oh no, nah, he's like, going to be that one of the best players in the league in like five years. Don't get me wrong, like I'm still I'm still out here riding for Trey Young. But he's not the number one pick no more. Like uh Trey might not be a top ten pick right now, bro. Trey Trey, Trey is out here still. Don't don't let it no, don't let a few don't let a few games. Hold on, hold on. I I'm not saying he shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm not saying he shouldn't be. No, nah, that's a fact, though. But you, you read stuff and you hear uh, anonymous GMs say this, then, and third. Teams are, are really scared of Trey Young. I mean, they were scared of Steph, too, man. Like, Yeah. I mean, I understand being scared of Steph. Steph was the first of his kind. <laughs> like, that was something completely different. Like, I don't – I kind of get being scared of Trey a little bit, but I also feel like a good team is going to luck up. And when I say a good team, I just mean organization-wise, not like an actual good team. He just got to be in the right place. Yeah, he'll go to a, a, a smart organization, and in three years, this would be stupid. Yeah. This whole conversation going on today would be stupid. Or he could just be terrible. You know, either way, uh, I'm, I'm uh, riding. Like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the ship. Nah, he's yeah. not Jameer. Uh, not Jameer, uh, Jimmer. If the ship sank, I'm going down with it. He's not Jimmer, bro. I don't, I don't think he'll ever be terrible. Nah, man. Jimmer, Jimmer was awful. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he'll ever be terrible. Like, I, his ceiling might be... His ceiling might be six man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, his ceiling mm-hmm. might be like a Lou Williams type player. Which, if could that's he, the case, that's fine. Hill, honestly, who has, who has been pretty good. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, in, expectations just might be too... Like, he might not be Steph. He might be... Like you said, like Buddy Hill, he might be a ninth man on off the bench for 
a contender, like a smart player off the bench, or I mean, like a spark plug type player off the bench or something for somebody. I don't think he'll his like I just don't think his his floor is a non NBA player. You know what I'm saying? Definitely not. Like like he's an NBA player. But yeah, Aiden. That dude was good, man. Just if just looking at him, like like he already like has like the Dwight Howard body type. Yeah, like, but it's like, but it's also bigger than Dwight Howard and can also shoot. Somebody said uh, he looks like young David Robinson. That's good. And That's good. I went and looked at young David Robinson. Mind you, young David Robinson was twenty two. Because he went to the, he did the Air Force Day, like the, like rookie year. David Robinson was already like twenty two, twenty three. Aiden is nineteen, so I'm with you though. I think Aiden is going. I legit think he'll be one of the best players in the league in five years. Yeah, he's yeah, he got it, man. I don't know, I don't know who's going to draft him. I'm hoping he goes to like the Suns or something. He'll end up going to. It'll be somebody stupid. Watch. Watch. It's going to be a bad team instead of them organization. Tired of the Celtics. No, nah, I don't think. The Lakers aren't bad enough to get the number one pick. I'm so glad that they traded for Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> that is actually hilarious to me. That, uh, that Isaiah Thomas is single-handedly ruining the Lakers pick for them. Yeah, that's that makes me happy because if the Sixers, if the Lakers pick conveys this year, the Sixers get the the Suns pick. I mean, the Kings pick next year. So, you know, go it. Um, my thing that I'm gonna say in this this whatever second half of the season, we're gonna call it. I'm gonna be a homer. I can't wait to see the Sixers in the playoffs. Are I, they? Where are they right now? They're sexy. Yeah, y'all are definitely they making it, dude. Like, yeah, no, that's what I'm I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. I may have to go to a playoff game. No, you definitely have to go to one. Um, they'll probably what, they they should end up playing the Wizards for real, and then I'll have to uh to hate on you, whatever. Oh, that'd be funny. That'd be funny to take the Wizards out in the first round. Oh, because they're definitely going out. <laughs> nah, the Wizards are a good playoff team. They are solid, man, but. Nah, don't nobody, don't nobody want to see uh, Embiid in that that first round. Yeah, playoff Embiid. <laughs> playoff nobody, Embiid is going to nobody want to see Embiid in that first round, dude. That's all I. I mean, that's that's it. Like, all right, uh, one more question. I, I know I said before, but last question. I have to ask you about the Wizards. I can't have you on without asking about the Wizards. I got time. Um. What when John Wall comes back, right? Mm. What does John have to do? What does John have to change to to continue? I know that the momentum is, they don't have it anymore. They've lost a couple of games, and you know guys aren't making the same shots they were making when John first got hurt, which happens with every freaking team. Every time the superstar goes down, the players step up for a little bit. And then the reality of we don't have that player that makes everything easy for for us hits in. But what does John have to do to to what adjustments does he have to make? He just has to move without the ball, dude. Like that's literally it. And it's so it sounds so simple. 
such an easy thing to do, but like he's been playing this way his whole life. So he's been he's, he's been he's been playing that way his whole life, and it and it honestly comes from being a walking assist. Like John is so good with the ball, like his gravity. It it takes more than one player to guard him. It takes sometimes three players to guard him effectively, right? Because like you you get him on a pick and roll, and he'll um, go toward the paint and will literally just blow by your defense. So like you need a defender at the rim, you need a defender defending uh, the roll man, and then with him you still got to worry about the skip pass in the other corner. So like that that player is uh, guarding the wing. Or whatever has to, they have to slide down and make sure that that corner's covered. So, like Don is, um, you know, he 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 is an assist machine. But at the same time, like the, the thing that has made uh, Sadoransky so effective in his role and really made the Wizards, um, you know, made them uh, made their um, success sustainable without wall is that um he's been able he he cuts as soon as he makes a pass right like he finds an empty space on the floor and goes into it and if he doesn't find one he patiently waits to find one and dives into it right he gets um putbacks offensive rebounds he uh he makes himself available to the ball when um when a player is posting up and they, they literally have nothing under the basket. Right. And then he comes out of nowhere and kind of saves the day. So, um, you know, wall don't have to do that all the time. I don't think like, you don't have to play that way all the time. Cause I understand like it is, it can be, um, strenuous on your knees and, and this is his, what, um, second knee surgery in his career. Um, and, uh, third knee injury. So, um, which is another, that's a whole nother thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he just has to, he just has to kind of move without the ball and, and, and make himself available. And and I think, honestly, like, even if he doesn't do it all the time, like, as long as John Wall is healthy, um, you know, the Witches are going to be a, a really good team and a difficult team to guard. Um, we saw yeah. it last year. Like, they were good last year. You know? I... Going into the playoffs, if if he's healthy, this is gonna sound crazy. I think. Oh, don't wild out. Listen, man. <laughs> I think I think they have like maybe the second or third best shot to win the East. I don't think that's a crazy statement, though. I I don't think so either. I mean. You think about it, they they beat the Raptors twice this year. They beat the Wizards with uh I mean they beat the Wizards. They beat the Celtics um with Wall on a bad knee. Um they were pretty dominant in that first game. Um they almost beat them that second game. And I also think that the um the Celtics have kind of played over their head all season long. Uh that's kind of what they've done the last couple of years. But like, it's, I feel like especially so this year though, because um, because like this, this year in particular, it, it's been weird because uh, because of all the comebacks that they've had. Like, I don't think as a team, 
as a as a genuinely great team. Like I think they're a really good team, but I don't think that as a great team you should you should be falling down by um, you know more than twelve points so many but so many times in the season. Yeah. Right. Like I don't think they've they've their way their point differential is only four point three, but they're a forty five win team. The Raptors, on the other hand, have forty six wins and their point differential is eight point seven. So like that says there's a real discrepancy between these two teams in terms yeah. of how dominant they are. Will that matter in the playoffs? We'll see. But you know, that the 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 um the Celtics are closer to probably um, a 39-40 win team than they are a 45 win team, and that's a big difference. Yeah, they're they're probably really a middle of the pack team in terms of performance. But whatever, can't I mean you can't take anything away from them. The record yeah, is what the record is. It's fine. Which is fine because I mean, you got to, like they don't have they don't even have Gordon Hayward, so yeah, yeah. I mentioned like, their best. A, a complete squad. Oh, you going there? You going there? Uh, uh, they're missing their best player. Whatever. That was a Kyrie Irving. Man. Nah, I'm I'm a Kyrie guy. This earth is flat, but. <laughs> 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 on that note, though, that, that's where we're going to end it, though, on Flat Earth. I don't want to get into the whole conspiracy. I mean, I don't want to get too deep for everybody. Oh, breaking news, the Raptors clinched tonight. Oh, there you go. Shout out to the Raptors. Watch the Wizards fall to the HC and beat the Raptors in the first round. Um, but, yeah, Mike, you got anything you need to plug? Um, no, just follow me on Twitter at uh, Mike D. Sykes. I got a lot of exciting stuff coming from um, Axios and and obviously uh, you know Wizards coverage coming up. So um, yeah, man. Hopefully we we get some good stuff done. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for coming on, bro. Um, sure. Follow me on Twitter. S Gains fifteen. <laughs> S Games 31. Follow me on Twitter, S Games 31. Sorry. Um, anybody in the DC area looking for a photographer, hit me up as well. Um, also, follow me on Instagram, S Games 15. Follow my mind on sports at my mind on sports on Twitter. Go to the site. I let my man Wilson, I let my man Eddie, I let everybody on the site. Um, I wouldn't say their Twitter, but. Whatever. You'll find everybody on my mind. No sports. All right, people, we out.